Current Weekly on Dublin Digital Radio. We passed through estates built as public housing in the 40s and the 50s. These are all the old Dublin Corporation housing stock that's been sold off over the years because for whatever reason the government just doesn't want to carry housing stock. They should be making more. It's not the hotels, it's not landlords. It's the government's responsibility to supply these houses. Um, on to our next thing I wanted to touch on with yourself, Minister, was your commitment for um, to get families out of emergency accommodation, hotels, uh, yeah. by this summer. And you've said yourself you've pinned your reputation to it and yeah. you said you're going to deliver on it. How are we getting on with that? And uh, I am. Uh, and a lot of people thought I was crazy to make that commitment because it is going to be difficult mm -hmm. to deliver on. Uh, we have about 800 families in commercial hotel accommodation and B&B accommodation uh, tonight. Uh, that for me is not acceptable and we are going to change it. We're a week away from the 1st of July, which was the deadline that your predecessor set for getting all the families out of hotels and B&Bs. Do you think that was naive, too ambitious? Um, and what can you do to address it? I think it's important that we set ourselves ambitious targets. Speaking to a Dublin City Council committee yesterday, Eileen Gleeson of the Dublin Regional Homeless Executive said, and I quote, It's beyond no illusion here. When somebody becomes homeless, it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, it takes, you know, years of bad behaviour, probably, or behaviour that, that isn't the behaviour of you and me. Ireland has one of the lowest uh, levels of homelessness compared to... Uh, our peer countries. But what's better than that is we don't think that's good enough and we want to continue to reduce homelessness. However, neither is it acceptable to hear commentators talking down our country. Over the past few years we've seen this narrative reflected in the national media. It's been claimed that homelessness in Ireland is at its worst uh, since the famine, that we have a crisis that, which is worse in Europe and, uh, and assertions have been made that homelessness in Ireland is at such crisis levels that we should be excused from the requirements of EU law in responding to the issue. Some of this narrative has seeped into international coverage of our housing system and it's damaging to Ireland's international reputation that our social response to this issue is to be portrayed as dysfunctional. The, the numbers of children I'll, in homeless accommodation doubling I'll, I'll in one I'll, year. I'll tell you what. I said the public are tired of negativity. The continuous harping on the same strings all the time. Like, anyway. Well, in actual fact, we never did that. We always kept a, a line beyond which we would we do, sorry, did not sorry, undermine. Take up Regis' point. Are you saying they're wrong to point out homelessness and housing? And we are a small Ireland that keeps looking inwards and criticising ourselves. And I have to hats off to this government and the previous government and all the governments. But then that why we do we have through. such a homelessness crisis? We don't we have, have a homeless. Crisis. We absolutely what? don't. The resources if, if and the efforts down of the, the state economy, in order to intervene. The if we keep talking over each other, we won't hear. Homelessness in Ireland has been on the national agenda for what seems like years, without any substantial legislation being enacted to stem the rise of people in homelessness or accessing emergency accommodation. In late 2017, Tisha Glee of Radker was quoted as saying that Ireland actually has a very low homelessness rate in comparison with other European countries, and publications like the Journal were quick to debunk this claim. The Peter McVeary Trust has cited a 27% rise in the number of people accessing emergency accommodation over the past year, and in their December rough sleeper count in Dublin, they recorded the highest ever number of people spending the night on the streets. With all the conflicting reports from government and the charities on the ground, we wanted to go direct to the source. So tonight we have Brian McLaughlin, who's the head of communications for Inner City Helping Homeless, a 100% volunteer run homelessness organisation, to talk about what it's like to fight this on the ground. Thanks, Emily. 
Um, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about the history of Inner City Helping Homeless and how this charity differs from the others that kind of are doing the homeless beat at the moment. Yeah, so we're in our fifth year of operation at the moment. We aren't a government funded organisation and we're completely volunteer run. So we've about 200 volunteers at the moment that are manning our office 13 hours a day, five days a week. We offer a seven day advocacy and outreach service. So we have people on the streets from 11 o'clock at night, seven nights a week. Mm-hmm. And I saw that yesterday your CEO, Anthony Flynn, was uh, tweeting from the Metro Hotel and the fact that there was the fire there and everything. And there was concerns that there would have been people in emergency accommodation in that hotel. Can you talk a little bit about what the process is for families that are getting into emergency accommodation in places like the Metro Hotel in Ballymun? Yeah, so fortunately in the end, there wasn't any homeless families there. Uh, there has been previously, but they've all subsequently been moved on from there over the last 18 months or so. Uh, basically, the process for I mean, I mean, the, the biggest problem we have in regards to homelessness, particularly with families, is it can literally happen overnight to them. There's cases where, for example, a vulture fund will buy the mortgage on a property. The family are paying their rent every single month, but they don't, unbeknown to them, the mortgage isn't being paid. Suddenly overnight, they, they become homeless. So their first step would be to go to Parkgate Hall, which is the homeless services, to register as homeless. Then they would be put through Dublin City Council and assigned to, say, a hotel, a bed and breakfast, or in some cases, what these family hubs, what they call a family hub, which is the the new the new solution that the government has. But I mean, it's 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 not the answer. I mean, hubs aren't the answer. It's homes that these people need and the families need, and especially the children. You know, they're the future generation. So we can't have children living in an environment where you have four members of a family in one bedroom with no cooking facilities, no cleaning facilities. So it's a huge problem. Um, obviously the last few months with like the cold snaps and the snow have been really probably like pretty eventful for yourselves as a charity. Um, can you talk a bit about, I know that there were cases of rough sleepers who didn't want to be put into emergency accommodation because they're worried about their immigration status or they were worried about using drugs. How did you guys find that on the ground? Yeah, so we managed luckily enough to kind of persuade a lot of people that didn't maybe want to go into emergency accommodation. We managed to persuade them that over the time of the beast from the east, for example, it was a necessary evil, irrespective of whether they really wanted to or not for their own health. It was it was a good thing for them to go in for at least a couple of days. Uh, one of the biggest problems we face, and it's something that we have raised continuously directly to the minister, as well as to homeless services is there's a huge lack of trust in the hostel system. For example, like like what you said, there's cases where there's rampant drug use. Like you, you might have, for example, someone who has come out of a rehab course and they've come off whatever drug or alcohol they're on. They go back to homeless services and they're put into a hostel where that is rampant around them. So a lot of people would rather take their chances and be on the street because they don't want to be around an environment like that. Also, at the same time, there's been a lot of cases of people being robbed, you know, security issues with fighting and so forth. So there's a lot of people out in the street that have no trust in homeless services. And that trust needs to be rebuilt very quickly because it can't be a situation where you have someone that would rather take their chances sleeping in a doorway during the winter than actually go into a state provided hostel. So that's a massive problem for us. You guys reacted as your own organisation to the issues that homeless people have with these charities and with these services and the lack of trust. I think from our perspective, I think the thing that kind of works in our favour is a lot of people know straight away that we're all volunteers. So as much as there's a lot of people on the ground in the, the NGOs, the government organisations that are doing great work, the facts are there's a lot of them there for a wage packet. And, and I think that's what makes us different. Like we always kind of say no one in our organisation is there because they have to be there. They're there because they want to be there. And I think what differentiates us from other organisations is 
we would happily close our doors in 12 months time, shut down the organization if there was no need for us anymore. You know, and I think that different, that's the difference between us and other organizations. You know, homelessness has become a big money business for a lot of people, you know, from high, high salaries for, you know, board level management in some of the NGOs to the amount being spent on hotels and bed and breakfasts and so forth. Money's been poured into a black hole, but it's not been spent in the right place. What do you think is the single biggest risk factor for somebody becoming homeless at this current point in time in 2018? I think the, the biggest difference we've seen in the last couple of years is the amount of families and children that are affected. So to give you an idea, I got a, a Facebook reminder today of a post I did two years ago, which was outraged that there was 1,800 children homeless in Ireland. Fast forward two years later and we're just a shade under double that. So the biggest thing, and it's, it's the thing that people really don't see as much, is the child homelessness, the family homelessness. Uh, we always kind of say that if you took every child that's homeless in the country and they slept out in the street for one night, a million people would march the following day on Dublin because it wouldn't be accepted as, as allowed. It should not happen. But because it's kind of out of sight... That's the biggest thing. Like we, we've seen a huge difference in the last two years in the amount of families that come into us. Like we, we've had situations last year around bank holiday weekends where families are, are told to vacate the hotel that they're staying in because the hotels can make more money over, say, St. Patrick's weekend, for example. So we've had families come into us at eight o'clock on a Friday night with their children and one of the parents is working and they have nowhere to go. So education is a huge problem as well because people that have never experienced it before don't know exactly what to do. So that's why the likes of our organisations kind of imperative at the moment because we can advocate on their behalf. And, you know, we've had situations, there was one day last year where we couldn't actually source accommodation for the family and the family slept in our office with Anthony, you know, our CEO. So the children run pull out bed, parents were in chairs and the, and the father had to get up at half six and go to work the next morning. So I think that's where the difference in homelessness is in this country now. Yeah. How does that make you feel then when you have people like the um, housing agency chair saying, you know, some families are there just to game the system and there's kind of talk about like, oh, actually, well, this many people actually e exited the homelessness system last year and really maybe we're not as bad as other European countries. We're actually doing quite well. Like how, how does that feel for you working on it day in, day out? Yeah, well, we're seeing we have a hashtag homelessness is not normal. And I think that the reason we put that out there is because there has been a narrative to kind of say, okay, well, this is standard. It's, it's par for the course. It's not. And I mean, even to give you an example of the, the comparisons that were used to other countries, the Taoiseach, when he, when he quoted that, he used an out-of-date report that was three years old. And some of the countries that are on that list have a much more detailed way of counting homeless. So for example, they will count people that are sleeping out in the streets, that are sofa surfing, that are staying with family that can't, you know, are homeless, but are, are being put up by family or friends or whatever it might be. So their numbers are going to be a lot higher than ours because we don't count those. So again, it was, it was what we would call a spin. It was an intended spin to say, well, look, our homeless problem isn't that bad. The main, the main factor with homelessness in this country is they haven't built any social or affordable housing in the last seven years. So while they might be getting some families out on one end, they're coming in so fast at the other end, they can't keep up. So the only solution, as far as we're concerned, there needs to be, I'd say, 10,000 affordable and social houses built every single year to cope with what's happening here. We've got a lot of properties that are vacant in the country at the moment. And again, that's, that's a consequence of the vulture funds who have bought blocks of, say, 100 houses from, from AIB or whichever bank it might be. And they're sitting on these properties because not only, forget even the house price, the actual property value is going up 12% a year. So a lot of these vulture funds are sitting on these properties under the guise of refurbishing them, but they're waiting to make the maximum profit from it. So 
while, while they are maybe getting some people out on one end, the volume coming in at the other end, they can't keep up with it. So this problem is just going to get worse and worse and worse unless there's a proper building plan in place. Are there any political parties that you've seen put forward any ideas for legislation or anything that you actually are interested in or that you would direct people to look towards to say, well, this is actually looking like progress for us? Yeah, well, I mean, there's, there's a lot of plans. Like we, We've been a non-political organisation, I suppose, probably the best way of putting it, but we, we've seen a lot of things from, you know, we've seen good things from Sinn Féin and from Social Democrats and people before profit. I mean, I think the biggest problem we have in the country is it's always been Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, Labour. And... The only way we can change things in this country at this point, I think, it's down to our generation, the younger generation, to change that because nothing has ever changed. There seems to be, it's almost like what I would call jobs for the boyos, where the top 2% of people in this country are well looked after and they're, they're, they're making a lot of money. But everyone below that is starting to get further and further away. And as long as that continues, we're going to have these problems with homelessness and, and health as well, which is another massive problem in the country. Um, in terms of how it kind of shakes out between Dublin City Council and their kind of provisions and the government and what they need to do, how does that work in terms of how the budgets are assigned and what can we look to um, as maybe lay people that don't know a lot about how that works to try and figure out where we can think about, you know, inputting or how we can vote better or that kind of thing? So, I mean, the, the one thing that's constantly said is that there's there's no issue with money with regards to fixing the homeless crisis. And that's just not true. I mean, at the end of the day, the budgets all fall with Owen Murphy. He's, the, he's the, the Minister for Housing. So, I mean, a lot of that would fall with him. The Dublin Regional Homeless Executive are the ones that would be looking after the emergency accommodations and, and all that side of things. Personally, and this is a personal viewpoint, I would just say to people, look, I, I'm not going to tell you what party to vote for. But I think to change this country, we have to stop voting for the three the three parties that have caused all this problem. Because this is not just a Fianna Gael issue, it's developed from Fianna Fáil and Labour before them as well. So we're not seeing any solutions. And this, the, the, the kind of biggest frustration I see is that you'll see regularly, well, we're doing better than they are, or I did better than he did. But none of them are actually fixing the problem. You know, it, it's, oh, I done a little bit better than the person before me, so that should be sufficient. Well, it's not, because we've seen the increase in numbers every single year. Like, for example, the Minister for Housing last year, Simon Coveney, he made a blanket statement in January of last year that he would have all families out of hotel and B&B accommodation by the 1st of July. Well, here we are, we're nearly in April, and there's still as many families in them as there ever was. So you're getting all these false promises, but they're not being delivered. Can you tell us maybe, to, you know, to kind of go a bit in the other direction of a recent success story that you've encountered of somebody that has managed to get out of emergency accommodation or off the streets? And what are some of the biggest factors for getting people off the streets? Like what are the consistent support elements that need to be in place in order for people to do that? Yeah, well, I mean, we, we've always pushed a particular model, which is, which is the one from Finland, which is the housing first model that they, they have. So to give you an idea what that entails is in Helsinki, which is give or take, is, is very close to the population of Dublin. Finland is very close to the population of Ireland. They only have one overnight hostel in, in Helsinki. Everything else is a six month bed. So when someone is homeless and they're on the streets, if they're brought in straight away, they're put into the same six month bed for six months. This is yours. This is where you will be for the next six months. Once they have that security and they're in there, then they start working with them on any, you know, supports, wraparound supports, such as mental health, drug addiction, alcohol addiction. So their principle of, okay, we'll get you in somewhere first that you know you're going to be everywhere for the next six months. This is, this is your place. And now we'll start to work with you on any other issues you have. And that develops trust because we've too many over what we call overnight hostels here 
where they go through the rigmarole of ringing a free phone number by, run by Dublin City Council. They could ring in at 10 in the morning and be told, ring back at 2, 2 o'clock, ring back at 6, ring back at 10. If they get into a hostel and they're lucky enough to get in and they want to go in, they get to that hostel for the night, but come 7 in the morning, they're out in the streets again. So it's not the way to help people. It's, it's, if anything, it's driving frustration because they have to go through that Groundhog Day of trying to get to bed every single day. And some days they'll get it. Some days they'll be told to go and pick up a sleeping bag. So I think the Finnish model is something that this country should very strongly look at because it's proven to be a success. So I don't understand why it's such a problem for our country to implement something similar. Yeah. How can we help people like Inner City Helping Homeless just as punters? Like, what can we donate? What are what are the best ways um, for somebody that's interested in this issue to get involved? Well, there's a number of ways with ourselves. So, I mean, obviously you, you can donate to support us. You know, our website is ICHH.ie. We're always looking to look out for volunteers because we are a completely volunteer organisation. So we would have roles that go on outreach, which would be leaving the office at 11pm at night. You, depending if you're walking or in a van, you could be out until 1am or 3am, depending on the situation. Uh, we will also look for volunteers during the day to drive vans, do pickups, sort clothes for us. Um, we also would ask people, you know, I, I've personally done a skydive and stuff like that to raise funds for ourselves. So there's a lot of interesting ways people can raise funds for a charity like ours. So, I mean, the the Women's Billy Martin is coming up, for example. We're asking people to do it on behalf of ourselves. There's a Helen Back coming up in the summer as well. Same principle. But also, there's been such a problem with charities in this country and a lack of trust in charities because of what has happened over the last few years. And we would always say, okay, if you don't want to give us money, give us something that we bring out in the street. Donate clothes. Do a clothes drive for us. Donate the likes of toiletries, you know, toothbrush, toothpaste, new socks and underwear for males and females. Um, sleeping bags, you know, the things that we actually physically bring out in the street every night, you know, people can donate those items to us and they know that that is going to go straight out to the source. Um, I'll give you a good example. Donaghy's school, uh, community school in, in Donahue about a month ago did a, a really good project with their YSI teacher where they actually did 200 food packs for us and 200 sanitary packs that the children actually put together themselves. They reached out to local businesses, got support from local businesses. They, we went out and collected that from them and everything that they gave us went out in the street that night. So we could tell them what you've done today and your hard work today is going to help someone that's sleeping in the doorway tonight. And I think that's what makes us different from everywhere else. Thank you so much, Brian. Um, a quick reminder to everybody listening that uh, DDR currently has a compilation out, which the proceeds of which are going to Inner City Helping Homeless. So if you want to pick that up and get some great music and also feel like your money is going to a good cause, uh, then definitely do. Yeah, definitely download that. We definitely appreciate it. Any bit of support helps. And if you get a bit of good music into the mix, well, it's a win-win for everybody. Thank you. that's all we have time for this week thanks for listening to current and remember you can tweet us at at current ddr or email us at current at dublin digital radio.com subscribe to us on itunes and follow us on the dublin digital radio soundcloud